Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Bear Bonanza. Meller and Miller in for Greeny today on ESPN 1000, talking bears with you. It is a it is a snowy bear bonanza inside the First Midwest Bank Studio on State Street. I'm Jeff Meller along with Dion Miller, and it's we so pretty. It's so pretty outside right now. Yeah, I, I mean, and and people seem to be surviving when they're yeah. It's pretty when you're just staring at it, it outside the glass window, and you're not driving home. <laughs> so for all those out there listening on your drive home, be careful out there. Please be as careful. you are commuting because obviously this is the type of uh, weather that makes it a bit more difficult to navigate your way through the city. But we're talking to you about the hiring of Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, the 17th in franchise history, 51-year-old 50, NFL lifer uh, paired with Ryan Poles, the 36-year-old Vunderkin, if you will, from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And so we have two first-timers who are going to be at the forefront and the new faces of the Bears organization alongside the incumbent face now, Justin Fields. Yes. Undeniable whether you like it or not. Whether he has um, displayed enough for you on the field, it doesn't matter because they are tied to him. They have invested in him. And I mentioned to you that I'm concerned because I just think in this NFL, it is all about the quarterback. And for the most part, if you want to be a team that continually has success, you need to get that right. Yeah. You know, you can just look at what we saw this past weekend. Look at the teams that were participating. I for know. the most part. They all had franchise-level quarterbacks, uh, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. And it took, you know, uh, it took poor play from Aaron Rodgers in, in conjunction with some, you know, uh, a special teams touchdown, yeah. a breakdown by the Packers, a, a blocked field goal from their unit, uh, the Packers allowing the field goal to be blocked. So, you know, all across the league, you, we've got people really excited about Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. Joe Cool in Cincinnati uh, taking on Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, who just squared off with Josh Allen yeah. in you know a game for the ages. Um, and on the other side of the ball, the Rams are now hoping that they finally got it right with Matthew Stafford. I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. We you know even when he's winning football games, Kyle Shanahan went and moved you know heaven and earth just to get himself a potential franchise quarterback in Trey Lance this offseason. Yeah. So all across the league, if you want to be successful, I truly believe it's about that quarterback position. It is. Troy Aikman was on uh, Ryan Russell's podcast on Monday, and I've been saying this for a long time now. The quarterback is, because of the way the NFL protects the, the QB, they're not allowed to be hit low. They're not allowed to be hit once they've released right. the ball. Once they get near the sidelines, I guess unless you're Justin Fields against the Vikings, you're not allowed to be hit. Right. And so the truth is, and, and I think it's a smart move. The league understands it's all about the superstars, right? Totally. Well, Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer, won three Super Bowls, talked about the importance, the elevated importance of the quarterback position on Rosillo's podcast on Monday. I think probably now more than ever, it becomes increasingly more difficult to try to compare quarterbacks uh, or players of today's era from even back, I'd like to say the short time ago that I retired, but that's been 20 years now. So it's, it's a lot of time has passed, but 
I think each generation of players, the game has changed and it's hard to compare those, those athletes. The game I felt has always been important to have a, have quality play at the quarterback position. If you're going to ultimately go on and achieve what you hope to achieve, but now more than ever, I think it's interesting. You, you bring up the comparisons to basketball, because I think that over the years, football has always been regarded as the ultimate team sport because there are 11 guys on each side of the ball that have to kind of play in unison in order for the the team to have success. Although now I think that quarterback now is impacting games at a level that we've just not seen before, like a LeBron James or Kobe Bryant does or did in basketball. And so uh, that part of it has been a lot of fun watching how the game has changed from more of a run-oriented offense uh, to primarily a passing attack and the things that they have to be able to do, and they do do. And these games come down, you know, we'd have a few of those games each year, but these games all come down to the last five minutes. And in that sense, it's a lot like basketball too. And I think that's what's made the game so popular uh, with the fans is all of these games. There's just so much drama at the end. And we witnessed that uh, to the – you know, nth degree over the divisional weekend, each and every one of those games just coming down to the very end. And to accentuate that point, Deion Troy Aikman talking about the importance of quarterbacks there, the Bills Chiefs game, that's why people in some ways are losing their minds about the overtime rules. Right. Because you've got these two generational quarterback talents taking each other on and then it ends because, you know, the, I'm sorry, the task asking the Bills to just shut down the Chiefs in overtime. Right. That's, you know, in some ways a very difficult task to take yes. on. Yes. And you feel a little bit, you feel like you're not getting the full opportunity to watch Josh Allen go ahead and try and match Patrick Mahomes, we right? We did get that opportunity. And so I think that's why people are so upset now because it is becoming clearer and clearer that the league wants it. They're catering to quarterbacks. Yes. And so if you want to be a good team, you need to have one of those guys. Yes. That is why I'm concerned, you know, the more I dig into Matt Eberflus, the, you know, listen, he can come out and prove me wrong and, you know, hire a, an OC who wows us all. But until we get some resolution on that, I, I, I got red flags everywhere going, I don't know. This guy, he's talking about intensity on defense and that's nice. Yeah. But... At this level, I don't know, is it too much to ask intensity from your, is, is that a game changer? Like, I understand sometimes players will quit on their coach when the, when the season, you know, as you progress and it yeah. kind of gets out of hand and gets away from you, right? Maybe you feel like sometimes guys quit on plays. But the truth is that you hope in the NFL when the season begins, the first, you know, the first eight, nine weeks before anything is really determined, I, I hope most teams are getting full intensity from their players yes i don't know if yes matt eberflus coming in and holding everybody accountable is going to be a game changer the way he seems to talk about i think the game changer is developing justin fields to get somewhere close to all these quarterbacks we've seen play don't you think justin fields watched last weekend's football and was like i want to i want to be in that conversation i want to do that and to watch and to know that, like, the AFC has that. The AFC has that. The AFC is in great hands quarterback-wise, sure. right? The NFC is ready for the changing of the guard. And Justin Fields can be part of that. I don't need to be wowed by the OC as much as 
Justin Fields needs to be wowed by the OC and he needs to be excited about who he's working with and knowing that that guy can help him become the elite quarterback that the Bears need him to be, but that can also elevate the entire league and and take that step up that that the Bears have never had a quarterback like that. Do you think when we saw Justin Fields at the Bulls game the other day, he was not watching the game, but daydreaming about what could have been (laughs) if he were taking place, taking part? In a playoff game against yes, another did, elite quarterback. He doesn't want to be at a Wednesday night game between the Raptors and the Bulls. He wants to be preparing for the playoffs. Pulling and, off, yeah, worrying about the jersey swap. Yes, and, and worrying about... He was focusing about. on that signature. That was immaculate. <laughs> it is immaculate. You're right, Tyler. That was that about is... as clean of a signature as I've ever seen. That is something that's been practiced. Yes. Many a time. I would agree. Well, listen, I think Justin Fields has been an elite athlete for his entire life because when you get to the NFL level and you're still an elite athlete, there's no doubt that, you know, that's never been an issue for you. I think, Tyler, he was he's probably been uh, working on that signature since he was back in junior high. Yeah, like, for like, sure. Like when, when he was stuck in class, kind of just figuring out, okay. Doodling. Yeah, whether, whatever, <laughs> whether, whether it was going through, you know, uh, science, biology, chemistry, uh, or maybe math, calculus, whatever he was sitting in, wanders and starts thinking, all right, you know what, I'm going to practice my signature. Do you think that was the first signature that Justin Fields ever did? Or, or did he have a couple different options that he was trying out and finally settled on the one that he... Uh, uh, he settled on that one, I think. Yeah. I it, think. You, if you're starting it in like junior high, you're trying to do your whole name, yeah. right? But that was just a J Fields. Yes. Which looks so clean. Yeah, oh, it's so clean. And it, it looks like he used, you know, remember that paper we had when we were kids with like the lines on it? It looked like he practiced it on that because it's so straight. And he can sign it so straight right in the one of his jersey. No doubt about it. Um, Joint presser. Monday at 11 a.m. Official. There you Official. go. 11 a.m. Bears will introduce their new GM, Ryan Poles, the 36-year-old, and their brand-new head coach, the 17th in franchise history, Matt Eberflus, 51, uh, the defensive coordinator for the last four seasons in Indianapolis. We will finally get our opportunity to hear from them 11 o'clock on Monday as we wait, await them anxiously to see what kind of answers they can provide. So mm-hmm. that, uh, it's good that we finally have clarity. I'm glad that they didn't try and sneak it in on a Saturday. That would have been such a is it, doink, was it, is a it, double doink. Was it, is it compl- so Do you bad. think it would it have been completely out of the question, though? Would you have been, I mean, no, is it impossible? No, because, because on a Saturday press conference... They, hey, they've held them on New Year's Day before. I know. Dion, I know. so I, I, you know... A I, Saturday I'm, press conference isn't going to open up the window for criticism as much as Monday will. That's the only reason they would have done it. Let's try Steve, who's in Wheaton, wants to weigh in on possible OC. Steve, you're on with Meller and Miller and for Greeny today on ESPN 1000. Jeff, I, I miss calling you on Sundays for fantasy advice, so this is this is what I get to do today. Uh, well, <clears throat> glad you uh, checked in, Steve. Don't worry. Once the football season starts, uh, we'll be back at it. Don't worry. You know, this whole coaching thing is a head-scratcher to me. I think about, you know, Poles, who was with Kansas City, and why Enemy wasn't brought in for an OC interview. And then I go and look at Jared Mayo, who's been an inside linebacker coach with the Patriots for two years, and he already had an interview with Denver and the Raiders. Not was he a defensive coordinator, but an in, but inside linebacker coach going for a head coaching job. And here you have Enemy, who's been the OC for, I believe, four years with KC, and he didn't get an invite to go to Hallis Hall. I, I'm, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to listen for your answer. Sure, Steve. I, I Thanks, think, Steve. I don't know how you feel about this, DM, but unfortunately, I think that's probably more of a reflection on Eric Bieniemy, and especially when Ryan Poles, who you have to imagine 
has a pretty has, good handle yeah, on what he thinks he of Eric uh-huh. Bieniemy as a head coach. If he does, or I'm sorry, as a, as an OC, having been in the building as long as he has been with Eric Bieniemy, I, I I have to believe that if Ryan Poles truly believed Eric Bieniemy could be the next great head coach, he would have said, "Hey, at least bring him in for an interview, right?" Right. But the fact that you know he didn't even have him in for uh, you know a cursory well, interview, I do. It makes me wonder about Eric Bieniemy. It, it makes me wonder too. Last year, he interviewed for all openings and didn't get a call back. So th- that that is telling to me too. Something is not adding up there. And you know what? The truth is, and we're going to talk to Dan Weeder here shortly. Maybe we, you know, we can broach that topic with him. We're going to talk to him in just a moment here. But the truth is that I think for a lot of franchises out there, it's probably hard to to separate. You know where things begin with Eric Bieniemy and what he's bringing to the table versus what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are really making happen. Right. You know that's the curse of working with a generational talent <laughs> like um, Patrick Mahomes, especially when, again, unfortunately for Eric Bieniemy, someone like Matt Nagy goes and flames out in Chicago. And, and I think when you look at Matt Nagy's tenure around the league, people are probably saying, you know what. It was a disaster offensively. Yeah, and so it that, was. So unfortunately for Eric Bieniemy, he's fighting that as well. Totally. And so totally. I, you know, I think that's part of the problem is if you're looking to hire somebody, bring them in as your next head coach. You want to feel fairly confident that they're going to. You know, you just have to know. Hey, he's not. Everything's not happening because of the great players he's surrounded by, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure that Byron Leftwich. Is could be a great head coach, but you and I could be Tom Brady's offensive coordinator yeah. and win. Okay, so so I I, I I agree with you. You have to wonder how much is it the OC or how much is it a generational talent. And maybe if it was flipped, if Bienemy was you know the OC before Matt Nagy, it might have been flipped, flipped and, yes. and Bienemy might, might have got a first crack at it. Totally. But I think all that plays into it, and it's hard. You know, you wonder just how much uh, influence Bienemy has on that KC offense. She's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. We're in for Greening today on this Bears Bonanza on ESPN 1000. Snowy day out on the city of out in the city of Chicago. Be careful when you're traveling out there. Up yes. next. We will talk with Dan Weeder, who covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune, and we'll get his reaction to the new hires of the Bears. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Bear Bonanza! Dion Miller dancing inside the First Midwest Bank studio here on ESPN 1000. Miller and Miller in for Greeny today as we react to the Bears officially announcing Matt Eberflus as their 17th head coach in franchise history. We'll meet him Monday at 11 a.m. along with Ryan Poles. It will be the first opportunity for the media to ask the difficult questions they wish to have answered. And one of the people who will be in attendance with you, Dion, will be Dan Weeder, who covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune and for us here on ESPN 1000. He better be there. (laughs) All right, Dan. uh, Just uh, how are you feeling right now about Matt Eberflus after having a little over 24 hours now to digest it and learn as much as you possibly can about the Indy DC for the last four years? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're in this world now where this is a uh, boring answer, but it's just kind of we'll see, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the general sentiment that you just don't know. I mean, all these guys come into these positions and there's platitudes said about them and everyone talks about how they're great communicators and they're driven. And, you know, it's it's sort of this, this template that happens. 
And in Chicago, unfortunately, there's a bit of fatigue that comes with that because we've done it so many times, right? I'm just finishing up my ninth season on the beat, and I'm about to meet my fourth head coach on Monday, mm-hmm. right? And so it just tells you how much we've been through in this city with the, the, the revolving door at the front of House Hall and who's going in and who's coming out. And so for, for both these guys, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, we kind of got to learn a lot more about their vision, their philosophies, and then watch them for a couple of years to figure out whether they know what they're doing. I don't have a couple of years, Dan. Um, my question for you is, what is the most important quality they need in an offensive coordinator? What What's the most important thing when they're looking for this this guy to come in and develop Justin Fields? What's the key? What's the number one thing they need? Well, I'm going to say flexibility, Dan, because I think it needs to be somebody that, that has some strengths in areas where Matt Nagy was weak. And that's the ability to kind of adapt around the strengths of your personnel and specifically your quarterback, you and I have talked previously about the need to energize Justin Fields, right? And that when Justin comes to practice for the very first spring practice, the Bears will probably get uh, an extra week of new coach minicamp practices sometime in April because of the, the rules that the NFL is offer. You need Justin to walk in that door with, with supreme energy and, and a confidence and a trust that the, the coaches that they have hired to oversee his development have his best interests in mind, right? And Justin's got to be the hub of energy for all of this. And it starts with finding guys that he can believe in and guys who are flexible enough to, to sort of modify whatever offense they want to run around what Justin does best and do so in a way that accelerates this thing as fast as possible. Because as you mentioned, not all of us have, you know, three, five, seven years to wait for this team to get back on track. Dan, how do you feel about one of my biggest concerns is the fact that they have hired two first timers now in a young 36 year old Ryan Poles and maybe not so young 51 year old Matt Eberflus. But the fact that it'll be both both people's both person's first opportunity to actually do the job they're being asked to do. There's plenty of things that arise that you've never had to deal with in the past, having never done the job. My concern is that now you have the two most important positions in your organization filled by first-timers. Do you think that's a legitimate concern? Well, first of all, I am now closer in age to Matt Eberflus than I am to Ryan Pohl, so I resent I resent you stamping that with a not-so-young tag. That's a little bit offensive to me, but we'll work past that. I do think you, you bring up a valid point, Jeff, that, that you need to be able to have support staffs, right? And I think one of the, the, the biggest things for all of us to realize is that even though the head coach has been hired and the general manager has been hired. There's going to be a lot of heavy lifting done, being done right now as you search for support staff, right? Guys to fill out Ryan Poles' front office, guys from Matt Eberflus to add to his coaching staff. And they have to be people that can help you recognize your blind spots, your weaknesses, help you realize some of the dynamics in the league that maybe you have not been aware of in different roles because you haven't had to deal with this, you know, head of the organization type of role. And so, that is going to be a major, major deal in the coming weeks for these guys to, 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 to find guys to surround themselves with. Because, listen, we heard George McCaskey on Black Monday tell us that he has no experience overseeing a general manager and that he's going to be learning on the fly. And so Ryan Poles better not be expecting to walk into to the office of his boss and his supervisor and, and get a lot of constructive feedback because George has told you he's not there to provide a lot of constructive feedback. So now you better find people to add to your building and add to that wing of the of Alice Hall that can help you with a lot of those things. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. <laughs> well, if he admits it, I mean, we can't argue with him. Um, as far as Eberflus, Dan, what are you hearing about his, like where he's at in being ready to be a head coach, to do the game management stuff, the, the things that we've, we've seen fumbled before by a first-time head coach in Chicago? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, in the first week, you hear all the glowing things. Right. You know, he's ready. His pet, his players love him. He's organized. He's, he's detailed. He's going to get the most out of his guys. Well, we four years ago, we heard that Matt Nagy was more prepared than any other Andy Reid assistant had ever been to become a head coach. And Matt rode that to coach of the year honors his first season, and then it all fell apart. And so mm-hmm. that's where that we'll see thing comes back to things. Listen, Matty Rufus has a reputation for putting together defenses that are aggressive, that play fast, that use instincts and, and, and emphasize taking the ball away. Great. Great things to have on the resume to start. But eventually you've got to be able to figure out how to lift an organization to you know heights that it hasn't been at in a long time. And so that starts with kind of uniting a vision with Ryan Poles, figuring out what kind of players you want to build around. And I've been saying this all week that there's a benefit to starting completely fresh and rebooting at both positions, the general manager and the head coach position at the same time, is now you can take clear eyes to the depth chart and the roster and the 2021 and 2020 film, and you don't have that emotional attachment that, you know, Ryan Pace might have had if he stuck around and said, man, when we drafted that kid, I saw so much in him, and so I I really want to believe that he's going to turn a corner this year. These guys don't have that. They're going to look at the roster with, with, you know, honesty and say, Deficient here, deficient here, deficient here, strong here. Okay, here's what we've got to do to go about reinforcing everything. And so that, I think, is a benefit for the Bears that they're going to be able to get an honest assessment of where they're at as long as these guys aren't trying to rush the recovery process mm-hmm. just based out of you know eagerness more than anything else. Dan Weeder joining us of the Chicago Tribune here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Deion Miller. In for Greeny today as we have our Bear Bonanza all day on ESPN 1000 reacting to the hiring of Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, who will meet the media along with Ryan Poles on Monday at 11 a.m. All right, so Ryan Poles, Dan, do you believe this was truly his choice, the hiring of Matt Eberflus? I do. I do believe it was truly his choice, but that doesn't mean I don't have a dozen questions that over uh, time I want Ryan Poles to answer for me. Because, listen, the Bears promised at the outset of this that it was going to be a, you know, a thorough, diligent, exhaustive search. I think those were George's adjectives. And yet the head coach was hired less than 30 hours after the general manager ag- agreed to become mm-hmm. <laughs> the general manager, right? And so you have to ask yourself, okay, how was he so far along in his process? Maybe there's very clear answers that Ryan Pulse will give us. That this is what I had in mind well before I even took the job of how I would conduct a coaching search, but he only had three in-person interviews with candidates that the Bears had previously already talked to. I don't know the extent of his previous relationship with Matt Eberflus that would give him sort of that, that advanced confidence in how they were going to unite and, and put things together. And so there are questions that need to be answered about how this process went through. Again, guys, they only brought one general manager in person right. after interviewing 13, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to ask yourself, okay, because there was some time pressure, because Ryan Poles was speaking with the Vikings, had speak, spoken previously with the Giants, they had to escalate their timeline a little bit. But who knows? Maybe two of those other finalists for the GM job would have come into Ellis Hall in subsequent days, knocked their socks off, given the leadership at Ellis Hall a different vision for where they're going, and we'd be in a different place. And so I do want to learn a lot more about the, the finishing stages of this operation and how they wound up where they wound up. The, it, qu- uh, the quote that jumps out at me in that when they announced – Eberflus was that polls apparently said throughout the search, Matt impressed me when detailing his vision and plan for our team. Throughout the search, sir, you've been on the job for about 30 hours. It was crazy. Well, crazy. I'll be curious to see how quickly uh, Matt Eberflus moves on his OC then. If uh, yeah. they, if uh, if Ryan Poles was quick to uh, pull the trigger on his head coaching candidate, I do wonder, um, I know that Dave Borgonzi, the linebackers coach in, in, in Indianapolis, has been rumored as a possibility to come with Matt Eberflus as the defensive coordinator. Also, Dave Borgonzi's brother, Mike, works in the front office in Kansas City. 
with Ryan Poles, so there may be a you know a strong yeah. connection there as to why um, Ryan Poles decided that Matt Eberflus was somebody who he wanted to have as his head coach for what it's worth. Oh. No question. And, and, and there's always networks and, and relationships yeah. and things that lead to this. But we need to hear from both these guys and kind of get a better feel for just kind of how, how they wound up together because they're going to have to work very well and very hard together mm-hmm. very quickly to, to rescue a franchise that, as I keep mentioning, hasn't had three consecutive winning seasons since 1988. Well, someone once said, Matt and Ryan are football guys. So here we go. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dan, how do you think um, Roquan Smith will be used in Matt Eberflus's defense? I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't have any answers from him yet. But I think it's fair to question if he'll be left in that middle linebacker spot or if he'll be moved to a you know the weak side linebacker where Darius Leonard has clearly excelled in Indianapolis as more of a playmaker. Do you think that's a possibility that's on the table? Well, certainly it's a possibility. I think you're looking at a potential transition out of the 3-4 back to the 4-3, which Eberflus has run almost extensively. The Bears certainly have personnel flexibility in that regard where I don't think it'll be a major uh, drastic change for the guys that are asked to, to kind of modify their roles a little bit. You know, obviously when you go from 3-4 to 4-3, 4-3 to 4-3-4, the pass rushers typically have to, to, to do some different things on the edge. And so those guys, having guys that have played in both systems, Mac and Quinn, and, and, and really going back to college with Travis Gibson, you've got some flexibility there. With Roquan, the first order of business is getting yourself signed up long-term, right, mm-hmm. to be here. He's, he's through the fourth year of his rookie deal. You know, the fifth-year extension is almost certain to be exercised here in the coming months, and, and, and that means that you open the door for contract negotiations. And so he's got to work now with a new general manager who didn't draft him but probably certainly has seen enough video to know this guy's a building block. This is one of the few foundational pieces on this roster right now. So you got to figure out how much do you want to pay him, how much is that role worth in, in, in what we're trying to build here, and that's got to start right away. I, I think at last check, Roquan was without an agent. I don't know if he has since uh, connected with one, but that's got to be a top order of business for this front office when they start to get, get moving here in the coming months. Dan, as we let you go here, um, we've been asking you the questions. Anything that uh, stands out to you, an observation you want to share with us about the hirings here? Well, look, again, for me, it's, it's, it's just trying to figure out how we went through a two-week process of the preliminary phase, right? And then the final stage of this thing went boom, 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 right? And, and you had Ryan Poles in, and then he hired a coach really quickly. And I just, I, I'm really curious to learn a lot more from everyone who was involved in this, what some of the behind-the-scenes details were that got them so convinced that Ryan Poles was their general manager. And then at that point, how did Ryan Poles conduct a coaching search in 30 hours? I think it's important to, to have in the back of our minds when we go in Monday, there's a lot to learn about these guys and, and, and what their ultimate vision is and, and where they're taking us. But, boy, uh, Ryan and Matt are our football guys, and, <laughs> and, and away we go. Well, and, perhaps, and, and it'll be fun to cover them. Dan, perhaps you and I can collaborate this weekend and come up with a good list of questions for Monday. I was actually thinking that these two guys need to find a synonym for collaborate because yes. that's sort of a, a dirty word in Chicago after what we went through with the previous <laughs> Ryan and Matt. And so they're going to just have to go to you know F7 in their Word document and find the good – synonyms for collaborate so that they can uh, find a new word to say that they're united and, 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 you know, striding towards the same thing. Cooperate would probably be the easy one, of course, if they want to get all uh, 
Heidi Tidy, they could go with uh, Amalgamate if they'd oh. like. So <laughs> if or... anybody drops an Amalgamate, I'm I'm out. So, I, I'm yes, not going to yes. be. Out. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually in, and I think obvious shirts can get in with some Amalgamate t-shirts. So <laughs> this might be something you guys want to sell here. There you Dang. go. Um, all right, Dan, we will be uh, <laughs> Thanks, listening Dan. for some answers to these questions on Monday. I'm not sure if we'll have satisfactory answers, but I know that the questions uh, posed by you and Dan will no doubt be great and worthwhile. So thanks for joining us, Dan. It'll be fun. Have a great weekend, guys. All right. Dan Weeder of the Chicago Tribune and uh, a Bears reporter for us as well here on ESP 1000, giving us the latest in regards to the hiring of Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and what exactly we can expect to hear in terms of questions on Monday. Um, I don't know if the answers will be uh, satisfactory, but it'll be, it'll be good to at least hear from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus for the first time. I'm Jeff Meller along with Dion Miller. We are in for greening today as we are in our bears bonanza mode here on ESPN 1000 talking about the new faces of the bears organization. We'll continue to do so and take your calls next. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Bear Bonanza. The Bears Bonanza continues here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Dion Miller of ABC7. As we are in for Greeny today talking about the new hires the Bears have Commenced with, of course, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles. And we are now getting word from Tom Silverstein on Twitter that, according to a source, the Packers quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Luke Getze has an offer to become offensive coordinator under New Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. It's his job if he wants it, a source said. The benefit of Green Bay is that he could call plays for Getze. Um, where obviously Matt LaFleur currently calls plays Green for yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. So Luke Getze may have the opportunity to come in and work under Matt Eberflus and with Justin Fields if he apparently wants to do so in Chicago. So what are your thoughts? Initial. Initial thoughts are I like the fact that, uh, there can, uh, Matt Eberflus is looking at somebody in under the, uh, Kyle Shanahan tree, if yeah. you will. The fact that, you know, I personally, uh, along with Waddle, share a bit of a fetish for Kyle Shanahan's play calling, Dean. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Few things get me more excited on a Sunday than uh, watching Kyle Shanahan game plan something. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, so Matt, Matt, Lef- <laughs> Matt, Matt LaFleur has obviously been very successful. He, for me, suffers, at least in terms of when I want to give him credit, suffers a lot from the same issues that Eric Bieniemy does and that his entire tenure has been spent paired up with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, but the truth is that Kyle Shanahan... Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, um, I really do love the offense and the play action that they run. I think I do I really do prefer if if everything's equal, the idea that if you can go ahead and have a play caller who understands the importance of I I, I talked about the importance of the quarterback, right? But the easiest path to get your quarterback you know, big gainers is to have an effective play action yes. passing game. Yeah. And I think that there's, it's undeniable that nobody does it better right now than what Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay run in their systems. And again, you know, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, again, it's the Aaron Rodgers issue right now. Totally. I, 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 you know, I need to see Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers, which we may actually 
have the opportunity to, to do see. so yeah, very yeah, quickly. Yeah. So Luke Getze, an interesting name. I like the fact, again, that he would be potentially off of the Lafleur slash Shanahan tree. Yeah, have, well, have observed. Go ahead. Little note about Luke Getze, too. He also interviewed for the Broncos head coaching job. So not just is he getting some offensive wow. coordinator looks. He got a head coaching look in this cycle, too. So, But the, I do wonder, Tyler, as you bring that up, was that a fallback for the Den for the Denver Broncos? For the Broncos if yeah. Nathaniel Hackett decided, decided he didn't want to go to Denver, you know, is that just a play? Are they doing everything they can to align themselves with the potential of landing Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Rogers, probably. Which as a Bears fan, it's looking like Getsy is a coach that Rodgers holds in very high regard sure. too. Yeah. Wow. So like it, we can kind of you know uh, connect the dots there and think. Well, that I do the like Broncos that. are all in on Aaron Rodgers. Of course, I do. I do like that that Aaron thinks so highly of Getsy. I do. Sure. I mean, you know, love him or hate him, Aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback, and he he knows good coaching when he sees it. You know what I mean? Like so. And I don't hey, know. I don't listen, hate this idea. I don't hate it. It's probably uh, when you're when you're drawing the pros and cons column. If uh, if it, if you can say gets along with Aaron Rodgers, you can yeah, probably. I mean, that's a pro, it's, man. It's, you you clearly have a, have a way of working with people, you know, because not everybody can. So no, agreed. Um, so okay, all right. Interesting. Well, we'll then see. hopefully he would also have a plan for developing Justin Fields. Again, we get back to what we just talked about with with Dan Weeder and what you and I have already said. It's fine if we're excited about the offensive coordinator. We need Justin Fields to be excited about who he's working with and energized, not coming off eight straight losses and an injury or in a COVID spot to end his rookie season. Like he needs, he needs to be excited about coming to work yes. with this guy. So Luke Getze, that's the name right now that, uh, according to Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journey, Journal Sentinel, uh, has the job if he wants it. Now, if he be, turns it down. Yes. Where will the Bears turn? That, that's, that would be a headline as well. That'll be an interesting question. Let's try Tom, who's in Oakland. He's been patient. Tom, thanks for waiting. What's going on, man? Uh, first of all, the blatant disrespect and not have... Uh, a cowboy hat on Dion Miller and the original Bears <laughs> right. Bonanza graphic. I am sick of that. Uh, I mean, it made me very upset. Listen, and such. So there's a, you, you know, need to get you need to get on Danny Zetterman about that, Dion. <laughs> you, you deserve better. But, well, so, the, bless you. But, uh, the good the good news is, uh, Tom, that uh, Carmen Carcino has already done the job for us, and he's uh, fixed Danny Zetterman's mistake. That's available on Twitter. Yeah. We've retweeted it. We've got Dion in a is, uh, cowboy is, hat as well. And Carmen is a and Carmen is a good man right there. So, uh, but like. As far as, like, everything, I'm still just underwhelmed about both hires, and it's and it's not even so much Ryan Poles or Matt Everflus or anything like that. I'm still, it's, I'm still stuck on the whole fact that it, it still seems like the same structure above them is in place, and I, I wanted it, I wanted somebody, like, like George said, you know, he's going to report to me, but I've never had a GM report to me, so I don't know what to do. Well, then he should have found somebody mm-hmm. to be that, you know, president of football ops, so then somebody that can have it where the GM reports to him, not be like, well, I'm not sure how to do it, but we're going to do it anyway this way. Uh, I guess I, I, I would love to give them the benefit of the doubt, but mm-hmm. until I see – until I see wins and anything like that, or until they actually have like somebody in place, where then you know 
Ryan Poles would be able to report to them and they actually know something about football and not have it be George McCaskey, I just, I just can't. So. I hear you. Oh, it's you know what we're in prove it mode at this point. I mean, right? they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt yeah. in any way, shape, or form, Tom. They've been given it long enough. It's prove yes. it now. Prove yeah, it to prove me it. before yeah. I'm willing to go ahead and give you that benefit of the doubt going forward. Let's try Jason, who's in Denver, wanting to see somebody who maybe uh, had had uh, more of a rapport with Justin Fields and the ability to develop him. Jason, what's going on, man? You're on ESP 1000 with Meller and Miller in for Greeny. Hey, how's it going, guys? You tell Good. us. How are you? Well, I'm a little down because, you know, uh, we had a caller yesterday that said uh, that us armchair analysts or whatever, we don't know anything. We got to have hope and we got to pray that this is the right decision. Well, um, that's all we have as Bears fans for the last 30 some years, man. That's all we had is hope. And watching the brass in Chicago push hard for Trubisky, push hard for Khalil Mack push hard for Justin Fields. And then we have this coach over here that has done with a quarterback what we need somebody to do with a quarterback here in Chicago. He took a dude off a horse in Wyoming, put him in the NFL, shined him, shaped him, polished him. Now he's a $200 million quarterback playing in one of the best games we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. He's right there in Mm -hmm. our hands. All we have to do is pick up the bobblehead, go to the cash register, and pay the bill. Mm -hmm. But we pick somebody who we hope can do it, and maybe he can find somebody to OC, and we hope that guy can do it. Yet there was a guy sitting right there who has done exactly what we need in Chicago, and you you just let him go. You don't push hard for that. You You don't put some effort into getting that guy who's already showed us he can do what we need to be done in Chicago with our Justin Fields, this ball of clay that might have a diamond inside it. Somebody's got to go get that diamond. This guy just got a diamond in Josh Allen and threw it out. In, and we watched one of the greatest shows on in the NFL this weekend from a guy he built and molded and directed. And you don't go push for that guy. I, Come on now, man. I hear you, Jason. Of course, Jason's mentioned talking about Brian Dayball, the OC for the Buffalo Bills. I think, you know, I personally was very intrigued. Same. But it Same. sounds like based on all the reporting that uh, Brian Dayball has been underwhelming yeah. in his Which interview opportunities. Listen, you never know. You know, just and the, here's the other thing, though. The, the, he may have been. And you know what? I have to imagine, like, just playing it out, what we know now, there's a very good chance that Bill Belichick was underwhelming in every interview he ever had, yeah, right? Yeah, no doubt. Just knowing the personality. That, yeah. This is the problem in some ways when you go in hiring a head coach and, you know, we talked about it, we're prove it mode for the Bears front office at yeah. this point. No more benefits of the doubts from us. And the truth is that, yeah, it's very possible that an underwhelming candidate could be the best head coach for the position. Yeah. But, you know, you don't hire him because you know what? He doesn't necessarily wow you in the interviewing process. But this is the reality of life right now. You just got to cross your fingers and hope that the Bears got themselves a good one in Matt Eberflus. I, I'm going to tell you, what we saw, what I've heard from Matt Eberflus is not, uh, is sure, not over, is underwhelming. Kind, kind of surpri- <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I mean, even, even the video that the Bears put out of him, like, joining the team and coming in, it's, I'm not, I'm, there's there isn't buzz there that no. there should be in this yeah. moment. No, and like I said though, but again, I, 
maybe maybe we get the Bill Belichick, the next Bill Belichick, right? Be underwhel- underwhelming all you want. Just go out there and hope. win football games. And I guess that's it's maybe... It's just the, a hope. It'll be nice to finally hear from them at Monday, uh, on Monday at 11 yes. o'clock when we do get the opportunity to hear Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus meet the media. Uh, we will be, you know, dissecting everything they say. But ultimately, you know... That's all kind of window dressing for it me is. because the truth is they need to go out and win football games and they really won't have the opportunity to do any of that until September. So for now, we're going to continue to dissect everything they say yeah. and see if we can gleam anything from it. But the reality is that until they prove it to us on the field, Dion, I don't know if there's a whole lot of stock to be put into I mean, what's said. They don't have a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of work to do with the roster, a yeah. lot of expiring contracts. They yeah. got to think about they, the work. This time to go to work moniker that they keep saying. I mean, that's that's a tough task that they are be, that's being placed in front of them from day one. From day one. Mm-hmm. From day one. No doubt about it. She's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. In for Greenies today here on ESPN 1000. Miller and Miller and Dion got an unexpected <gasps> shout out on the morning show this morning. Cap and Jay Hood. We'll let you hear from who next. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter. At ESPN 1000. Bear. Bonanza. For those listening in the press that continue to misquote me and not understand our flowchart for the Chicago Bears, just remember one thing, and I hope they have their pen and pad ready. Especially... Dion Miller, who always looks at me suspiciously in the press conferences. Dion looks at me like mom looks at me when I don't let the seat down. Why is she so mad? Oh, my. <laughs> Dion Miller getting a little uh, shout out there. Or I, call, maybe more of a call, call out, out from yes. owner George, who makes his... Oh, almost daily appearance now on Cap and Jay Hood. We've got to love that. Uh, He's love frighteningly that good at that. Who? Like that hearing that. Owner George? Yeah, yeah, Owner George. Yeah. That's, that's very yeah. good. He's, uh, listen, um, I don't know if it was Cap or Hoodie who brokered the deal to get that exclusive with Owner George Dion, yeah. but whoever did it, kudos to them because. Uh, that was money well spent. I yes. love those. I mean, we don't. You're not going to get any anything more insightful than what you get from Cap and Jay Hood when Owner George gives you a little, uh, little, little insight into little what's insight going on. Into what's actually you know, happening? Yeah, we, it's, it's it's the gold. It's the unfiltered version, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, up yeah. When like when George goes and meets the press, you know, but <laughs> it's not. You know, you're you're getting what he thinks you want to hear, but in those yeah, little. That's a window into insight you would never get anywhere else. Not to cut you guys off here, but a little bit of insight from Ian Rappaport. He is saying that Luke gets the top priority as the OC for the Bears, and he's also got a few defensive coaches on board. You mentioned Dave Borgonzi earlier, but also cornerbacks coach James Rowe. So now James Rowe would be coming from Indianapolis with him, or is that so? I I believe so, yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, Matt Eberflus putting together his staff. Uh, we will see what comes of that. Um, and like uh, Tyler mentioned, we mentioned it last segment, Luke Getze has been the Packers quarterback coach and passing game coordinator, working with Aaron Rodgers firsthand. He apparently, according to Tom Silverstein, the job is his as the Bears OC if he wants it. So we will see, hopefully, um, I think for... Uh, Eberflus, hopefully he will accept because um, yeah. if he's been made the priority, 
it would be good to get your first choice if you can. And I would think yeah. um, for Luke Getze, I think this would be a very desirable position to land. Having the opportunity to work and develop Justin Fields, which could be a huge feather in his cap if that goes well. And then a first-time opportunity to be a play caller. All of those things, I think, have to be very enticing for Luke Getze. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a desirable position because, of, as we've mentioned, like you're going to have autonomy because you've got this defensive-minded head coach who's going to allow you to... To kind of to, to take Justin Fields into your hands and really develop him into what his potential is, and and that's the, I I hope that they have a, a good connection. Dan and I talked earlier today about like is Justin going to have an opportunity or did he have an opportunity to meet with any of these OC candidates to see if they mesh well? Like I I remember when. Adam Gase yes. took over with with Jay Cutler, and it was like, well, he gets along with Jay Cutler, which at the moment was you know mm-hmm. shocking. Listen, it's your but, franchise quarterback; it's right, the most important, it's position, the most important in position. But their relationship was so key to any success they had offensively, and that's why I really want to hear that Justin the, is on board with this. The one this thing, guy is. but see, it's different because Justin Fields is so you know, young, his second year. Yeah. Jay Cutler at that point was a veteran in his in. You know, we had heard time and time again that Jay could be difficult to get along with at times. And so I think it was paramount because they were invested that they make sure they got the sign off. Right. Right. Totally. He was he was bought in. Whereas Justin Fields is so early in his career and we really he, he just needs somebody who can teach and mentor him and bring out the best. And I don't know if Justin Fields is really going to have any strong opinions you know, on who that I should still be anyway. I think it needs to bring, he needs to have some energy and excitement about coming to work with this person every single day. That that has to be there. Let's try Derek, who's in Brooklyn, been patient with us. Derek, you're on with Meller and Miller in for Greeny today on ESPN 1000. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, It's kind of basically I'm piggybacking off of the first call of Tom, who called earlier, basically. Why does George McCaskey show this blind faith to Ted Phillips? Because I'm like the first caller. I'm not super excited, but I'm not disappointed because at the end of the day, uh, Ryan Poles made the decision out of the mm-hmm. candidates, and that's fine. But when you don't have a NFL president of operations as far as on in the ownership group, like it, it just doesn't make sense. And we going through the same thing. We had Lovey Smith. He was a great coach, but he couldn't find a great offensive coordinator. That's why he lost his job. Then we went to Trestman. He talking to the players from the back of the room. Yep. And the things like that. And then we had Fox, who he shouldn't even been there in the first place. So it's like, when are these? When is McCaskey going to learn that you got to hire a person with football knowledge that can make these decisions? So therefore, like either you in the organization because you want the organization to make money, or you want to win championships. I know you need to make money as well, but why can't they have Ted Phillips just deal with the business aspect of the team and hire somebody to be the president of football operations? Thank you. I'll call, uh, first time call. I usually call Cap and Jay Hood in the morning, but I'm always listening. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Well, thanks oh, for thanks making for the call, making Derek. The call, Do Derek. appreciate it. And thanks for being so patient. Um, listen, I think Derek made a lot of uh, very good. He asked a very a lot of really good questions. Yeah. And I think if you really drill down deep, I think you you may get to your answers. Is it really? Is it really all about winning? The McCaskey they're, family. They're making money anyway. Because I'll tell you what, exactly. Jeff, they're making Deanne. millions on top of millions and billions of dollars, whether they win or not. And I'll tell you what, you like, it's a, a multi-billion-dollar organization in value. Yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars flowing in every single year on March first. And you know what? You want to eat into your family profits, which are divvied up amongst however many member, however many family members. Yeah. Well, you know what you do. You could hire a team president for multi millions of dollars, and that'll eat into your family profits. 
I don't know yeah. if that's the only reason why they haven't hired a team president of football operations. I don't but, know why they don't do that and, and then openly admit that he's not a football guy. Well, maybe maybe it's because they don't want it to cut into the family profits. I don't know, oh. Dion. I think it's a fair question. Weird. She's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Meller. We're in for Greeny today, but up next, it is time for Waddle and Sylvie. We will cross-talk with the boys. We'll do that Woo. in just two short minutes.